I do think we have the sacred responsibility to live fully in the face of our losses. And like living fully is not just like YOLO, let's like go skydiving or something. You know, it's like to live fully is to experience happiness again, to experience sorrow again. If you are lucky, you will love deeply and you will risk that loss all over again. Like my kids definitely like, yeah, my kids really, I, I think they lean more to the physical abuse of their dad <laughs> and it's bad. I mean, and they, they're, they're really good at embarrassing yeah. me. We like to embarrass each other. There's a lot of like, you know, nut shots, yeah, you know, when yeah. I'm in a conversation, yeah. which I remember I hit my dad in the nuts like one time when I was little and he like beat the snot out of me. And it was like one of those things he's like, never hit a man there. And it was like, I never forgot that. Yes. And I can't, I'm, I'm astounded by that my kids hit me in the nuts and yeah. I've like you know yeah. I've like given it to them back yeah. and they just keep on doing that but I listen to this podcast called uh, The Dad's Edge mm. you know and it's uh, it's great it's all about and nut it's, shots it's all about <laughs> nut shots but it's you know it's just like helpful it, it's a really um, I, I want to talk about this when we yeah. talk about your podcast but it's just like it's been enormously helpful for me it's just like tips on kind of uh, just be more present, be more yeah. patient, you know, how to communicate better with your, with your uh, wife and with your kids yeah. and just different tools. I, I love it. But like the beginning of it, it's like, we are dads. We are <laughs> sure. And I made the mistake of playing that one time in front of my kids on a trip. <laughs> it's like, dude, I cannot live it down. There, we don't want to know yeah, that you are secretly yearning yeah. to be a better father. That's right. Okay. We don't like, need to see thing. behind. Right. But did anyone ever literally ever communicate with you as a child? Did anyone ask about your feelings? Dude. No. Dude. But no. like if my dad, my dad's like self, my yeah. dad would literally be, ah, fucking yeah. bullshit. I mean, like the idea of him like going and like reading a book or listening yes. to talking about uh -huh. fathering. You yeah. know what I mean? He yeah. was just a great dad a verb. in the world. Like, it literally it. was not a verb. Yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah. I am For sure. a father. For sure. sure. Legally For speaking. Sure. Yes, For I have sure. children. It's not like a core part of my identity. <laughs> and now it's like, no, it's like a, it's a, it's a thing we do. Like we parent as a verb and it is like. I think kind of a competitive sport. Wow, wow, wow. Tell me about that. I do too. How, I think it's how a competitive it for sport. You? Here's what I've learned is like children are not here to um, uh, heal your wounds, right? Like they're not here to be like a little projection of all your expectations, but. Or the things you didn't or do. Or the things well you didn't at, do yeah. or the things that you wanted and didn't yep. get, even though like obviously like, I grew up in a family where it's like if we went out to dinner and I can probably count on like one hand the right. number of times we went out to dinner, right. I was like, you're getting waters. <laughs> yeah. You've never closed the appetizer menu, okay? You will be getting one entree. Don't clean. order. You're not ordering yeah. anything. Yeah. And it will be clean plate club. Don't That's you right. dare ask about a dessert. That's right. You might get like a dry scoop of like, you know, it's freezer burned ice cream <laughs> yeah, when we yeah, get yeah. home. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. Okay, we yeah, are yeah, out yeah. to ingest food and leave as quickly as possible. That's right. That's mm -mm. Right. And it's a treat. Don't forget to enjoy it. So, like, yes, when I go out to a restaurant, I'm like, would you like, what would you like, a soda? Would you yeah. like one? Yeah. You want a refill? Yeah. Absolutely, babe. <laughs> but I don't know, especially doing my show, John, like, I talk to so many people about, you know, their childhoods, about like the way that they were raised. And I think that the really the only unconditional love is like from a child up. Mm. I really do. Mm. Like kids are built to love their parents, even when their parents are disappointing mm. uh, or straight Worse. up monstrous, yeah. Yeah. straight up monstrous. Yeah. And like when you have a child, you cannot help. Maybe there are evolved people out there, but like 
they're born into this set of expectations. That's right. Right? Like you have this imagination of what your family will be like, what your kids will be like. And, you know, if you are if you are mentally healthy, if working on your mental health, you try not to project that on a kid. And it is very, very difficult. And that's what I see also when you have a kid. You're sort of like forced into all these friendships with that's other right. parents, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like you're like in rooms where you're like, we would... Never, never hang out. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> never but, in a million but you know, years. That thing you like, said about the that unconditional love and it only going one yeah. way. I get that. And I mm-hmm. see that. My parents took in foster kids when we mm-hmm. were growing up. A lot of foster yeah. kids went, went went through our house, and there was kids, you know, mentally, physically, sexually abused by their parents. Their parents were locked up, whatever it was. And it was always like, as a young kid, I was always marvelled. But like your your dad broke your arm, or like your mom, yeah, you know, did it. But like you still like that's yes, you know, your mom disappeared. That's right, but you still you but, still but, want but, her. But I think yeah. there's a, there's another thing to it that that's kind of hit me from being a parent is like if if that theory of yours is right, which mm-hmm. I totally agree with, that means we are all capable of like absolute unconditional love because we've yeah. had it at some point, and it yeah. gets broken in some way, it gets a little bit more clear, yeah. it gets probably dirtier, but like we all are capable of yeah. it, and I think that that's been a big thing, like. Y- 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 I used to get into a lot of conflict when I was younger, and I think that uh, I've done a lot of work on that. And and um, uh, one of the big things that's helped, besides being a dad and wanting to behave in a certain way that I would want my kids to behave, is sort of seeing that 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 everybody sort of like yeah. that was a little kid, that was a yes. little kid who loved somebody who had heroes who yes. like you know. And and, yeah. and and I do think we need to. I, I do think that that's in there with sort of everyone and a, and a big thing with all the division and shit in this country right now that people just like can't even like sit down and have a conversation. It's like if we got in touch with that a little bit more and we saw that in and that's what's so toxic about like the competitive parenting yeah. thing, because instead of like nurturing, you know, y- you know, that 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 love and that spirit, mm-hmm. it's like. Be, you know, be better than that kid. That kid's like, how are you compared? You constantly the, the, yeah. the parent. That's one of those kinds of kids, or that kid's parents, and and yeah. uh, got got to check ourselves. Yeah, and when shit. they're like babies, you're like, oh, is he? Oh, so what's he doing? Right? Like, is he like you're you're sort of automatically, <laughs> is he speaking you know, it? right? Is he talking, speaking yeah. it? Oh, okay, right. you're in music classes. Good. Yeah. Okay, yeah. you know, like you're yeah. you're sort of. And that has nothing to do with your kid, right? That yeah. has to do with you. That That's has right. to do with you. Like, right. I, don't, you know, I don't know that my nine-month-old got anything out of, like, the music <laughs> class where I'm, like, banging a drum and he's just, like, a lump on the, the floor. The only one like, who's getting out of that is the fucking hippie on right. acid who's teaching it and charging way too fucking much money for, like, literally, like, playing their fucking recorder and, like, the burning incest. Like, it's the only one who's getting anything out because I sure as fuck don't want to be there. You know what I mean? But, like, we're down there, like, shaking an egg shaker. Yeah, like, yeah, right? Yeah, right? Yeah, I am yeah. you. got rhythm. You. Yeah. you got rhythm. You know, the stakes get higher and then you can see sort of like people's anxieties, like my anxieties, my friends' anxieties, like, you know, strangers, moms I don't even know, like their anxieties playing out, you know, in their kids and wanting their kids to like achieve certain things and do certain things. And I don't think anything messed me up more in life Mm. than being in the gifted and talented program Mm. (laughs) or, you know, like the first time like you see a gold star on your paper and you think like, oh, Okay, now I'm good. Now I'm good. How that? How you now feel like I'm that good. fucked you up? Yeah, I just feel like I'm. I've always been as good as like the last grade or the last review or the last interaction that I had with somebody. Yeah, yeah. You know, just it 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 just sort of sets you up for 
a constant need for external validation. For sure. And the only thing that I want my kids to have, I literally do not care what they do. Like, go to go to our, you know, community college is free for two years in Phoenix if we vote right this <laughs> this fall. Like, you know, like go go do something that you like. Mm-hmm. Have like a nice little life. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to be the best at anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, you know, join anything mm-hmm. that you don't mm-hmm. want to. Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. try something and hate it and quit. Mm-hmm. Like my gym teacher told me quitters never win. Quitters like literally win all the time. <laughs> like <laughs> a lot of winners are quitters actually sure. no, like, trimming that fat no you, know? you can't but 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 can you finish that if you had to whittle it down into you know a, I don't give a fuck how many sentences but as simply yeah. as you could all you want for your kids is what oh because you said you don't yeah. care about if they do this 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 what what, yeah. what do you care I about I want them to have like a solid sense of self that allows them to see the good in themselves mm-hmm. and the good in others, mm-hmm. regardless of what they achieve or mm-hmm. someone else achieves, what they do or what an, another person does mm-hmm. to them. Like I want them to have self-forgiveness mm-hmm. and and compassion and compassion and forgiveness for other people. Why is that so valuable? Everybody wants to feel like seen and heard and known. And everybody wants to feel like they have like goodness. I really do think that every person has goodness inside of them yeah me too and you mentioned too it's like when things feel this toxic when things feel this divided when you're looking around you as though the enemy is the person next to you or living next to you or you know crossing you on the street when really like you know the enemy is a giant system for sure (laughs) that has that has wrought all of these injustices and all of this inequity and it's not like it's not just you know a person who disagrees with you uh, on Facebook. Mm-hmm. That's that's mm-hmm. not it. That's not it. And I actually think that in in my experience with like our 21-year-old, like uh, this younger generation seems to have like a better sense of nuance. Yeah. than than my own at least. Yeah. Yeah. That person that you view as an enemy, that person you, you know across the street, it's like seeing them as a like we were talking about before as a kid, as a kid who was yeah. uh, you, you know sort of capable of that sublime and ultimate and unconditional yeah. love. You know, I don't know, like, you know, when I think about my kids and I and I, I, I will say I do feel like I did get this very much from my mom. But I remember my mom would say to me all the time as a kid, like the, the only thing she really cared about at the end of the day was be a kind person. Yeah. And and be a good person and, and um, you know, it, have good relationships, like mm-hmm. have good, good, good and and uh, uh, my kids are super into sports, mm-hmm. especially uh, especially two of my kids. Yeah. And uh, that shit is toxic as all hell. Yes. You know, especially like if you know, like I came from being an mm-hmm. athlete and I, 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 you know, and, and, and you really see the, you know, the failures of, of, of parents just like broadcast so yes. loudly <laughs> and it's just being like poured into these, 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 these poor kids. And now yeah. it's all, and I get like, you know, like I, you know, there's the whole like participation trophy mentality, which I do, you know, like people like just rail against that, yeah. which like, like I got to say, I think that I, for me personally, mm-hmm. I think there's real value in that. I think mm-hmm. like just celebrating everything that you showed up. Like, yeah. yeah what's, you know? and also when people say like, oh, this generation had participated, who bought them for us? Mm-hmm. You think I bought my own participation That's right. trophy? That's like, right. That's no, right. like, That's right. no, somebody bought that for me as a kid. And honestly, like, what is the harm in somebody feeling good about themselves well for I, like, I agree with that but you with, know? with what you were saying before though about like what is really important yeah. to, to your kids and having like a sense of self and a mm-hmm. sense to me what that sounds like is build up the things 
And I say this to my yeah. kids all the time, like build and put your heart and your effort and your energy into the things that nobody can take away from you. Mm. You know, yeah. your love for music, your love for reading, your love for friends and your love for nature. Because, you know, ultimately tragedy can and will hit. Yeah. Like it will. Yes. And, and, and I think that that's, that this is not like some fucking yeah. bullshit ass segue into, but I, I, I just like as, you know, somebody who's been listening to your, mm. your, your, your show and read some of your writing, you know, can you just speak a little bit about that? And why don't you just like kind of tell us a little bit about kind of like what yeah. the crux is of your show and, and, and what it is you're doing. I know you had yeah. a live show last night. So yes, maybe just like take so us fun. through. Um, so terrible. Thanks for asking. Um, and I have to enunciate better because I have a Minnesota accent still. But it's up, yeah, terrible. You, thanks for asking. Yeah, I don't notice it too okay, much. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Um, I dig it. Yeah. I kind of. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. But yeah. it's uh, that's what I probably should have said to people. I should have said that to people after. um kind of all of my hard things happened all at once or the things that I've been through so far happened all at once and it was 2014 and my husband Aaron was sick with brain cancer he'd had it for three years and I miscarried our second baby at like right at the 12 like 11 11 weeks six days like you have kids you know it's like if you can just get through that first trimester yeah. you'll be fine all this magical thinking and that happens and my dad dies five days later. He's had cancer for maybe a few months, maybe a few years. Secretive man, you never know. Marine, keeps to himself. Yeah. So he dies and then six weeks after that, Aaron dies. And oh. I was just cosplaying an okay person. Like people ask you at your husband's funeral how you are. Yeah. Like if there's ever a time to be like very unwell Jennifer, thank you. <laughs> like, like you should say it then. But I was just like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And I only did it because I didn't want people to pity me because pity is so dehumanizing. Mm -hmm. And I'd watch that. Aaron was so funny, John. Had he lived, he would have a podcast. He would be a hit. Okay. Yeah. This man yeah. knew everything about pop culture. He was so funny. He was so kind. He made everybody feel like the party started because you're here. Yeah. And like, oh, you're on the court. Now you're in the circle. I opened the circle for you. He just had this magical ability to do that yeah. and the minute he got sick it was like did you hear oh it's so sad like he was just a sad story and it just killed me and um I, we had written his obituary together before he died and it went like 2014 viral which was like a simpler time when we were all sure. on like the same algorithm sure. and we said that he was spider-man and that his first wife was Gwen Stefani, who never responded, <laughs> like, who, who frankly is grieving in her own way, and I have to respect that. Yeah. And uh, we didn't know they would pu they'll publish anything. Just uh -huh. a hot tip for uh -huh. you, uh -huh. like write it now. You yeah. could be like, you know, Oscar award winner. <laughs> like yeah. they're not going to fact check it. Yeah, okay, yeah. Hey, like hey. Could be the Grammy award winner. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Say what? A former president of the United <laughs> States. It's they're going to print it. You kids. pay for it. It's an yeah. ad for your death. So. Yeah. Um, and it went viral and I started getting all of these messages from people like all around the world who maybe had lost a husband or a dad or a baby. A couple of people lost all three and they were like spilling all of their secrets to me. And I'm sorry, this is when you wrote the, when obituary, I wrote the obituary. It like with went, him. Yes, with it Aaron. went viral. Like it was like it went into the Minneapolis paper and then it was everywhere. It was like everywhere for five whole days, which, you know, again, a simpler time. We, it wasn't like what kind of TikTok are you on? It's like, what inter we're all on the same internet yeah, at that yeah, point. Yeah, and yeah. I got so many messages. People are, why are they telling me? 
Like, why are they telling me about this loss from like 10 years ago or 10 days ago mm -hmm. or, you know, sometimes 50 years before? What was the tenor of it? Was I it mean, giving like, you advice for what's coming? Not or was even. It... it was like literally, I'm sorry this happened to you. And then a quick pivot into like their story, into like how they felt. And I just thought, oh God, everyone in their life thinks they're fine too. Huh. You know, huh. everyone in their life is like, maybe not waiting for the real answer, maybe not ready for the real answer, maybe never was. And like this person's best chance at feeling seen and heard and known is to just shove it off into the ether of the internet to a stranger. And I was But there's that something, place. there's some there's kernel that caused yes. them to, to, yeah. to do that. And I think that's like, we have all these experiences in life that we think set us apart from the world. And I felt that way. I was like, my husband's dead. I lost a pregnancy. My dad's dead. Like, these are mine. This is my precious. And, like, you can't understand it. And that's why I'm going to lie. That's why I'm going to tell you I'm fine. Because, like, what are you going to give mm. me, right? Mm. And really, these are the things that make us a part of the world. Every single person that you meet or don't meet, every person that you love or admire or absolutely hate has their own thing. Sure. And that is what connects us. Like, I knew nothing about these people, like, you know, to, to our point of like, I don't know who they vote for. Right. Like, I don't know how they, what they, what they believe. But that like, pain is an adhesive. Yes, I mean, yeah. that is what, how yes. we're connected an to adhesive. each other. What a good way and, 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 and do you feel like, do you feel like the people that were coming up to you at the funeral, like, what, what do you, what do you think is behind the, are you okay? I mean, yeah. cause it sounds like that. Um, how, just how do yeah. you feel about that? I, they were doing their best. Mm -hmm. What else are you going to ask? Right. What else are you going to ask? Like they're they're trying. What do you say to we're people given... at, at a funeral? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What do you say? But what do you what say? Do you say? I say I'm so sorry. Right. I say I'm so fucking sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And the best thing to say is I don't know what to say because guess who does? There's Nobody. No words. And yeah. every time it, you're you're new to it. Every single time you're an amateur. And I wasn't mad that they were asking how I was. Like that is a very common part of our social For script, sure. right? And you do that at a Starbucks, For and sure. you would also do it. Yeah, for sure. At a funeral. Do you feel like that's an American thing, or do you have you have you had any experience with that phenomenon yeah, like I'm, overseas? I have tragically only ever been an American. Got it. <laughs> but, but I have heard um, from listeners in other places, like in Europe. They're like, I would never just, I would never say that. Yeah, I, mean, I, I have like a different like, and different cultures too. Like, have different ways of greeting each other that are not like this big existential question like presented totally. as small talk you know it's totally. like how are you and it's totally. like no matter what you're gonna be like great wonderful yeah yeah. Like, yeah 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 i just i just remember i lived in 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 moscow for a while for a couple of years and there was just a sort of a thing that i found that there was like this kind of lack of pretension and mm -hmm. and if you ask somebody how they were it was not odd if they would yeah. break down and start crying like yeah. tears would come yeah and you would sit down you might be there for an hour yeah. and it was like I, and I, I don't know. I kind of, mm -hmm. I kind of, I kind of dug that. I thought that there's something like pretty, pretty, pretty healthy about that. Yeah, it's refreshing. I think sometimes. So you're getting all these letters, mm -hmm. and then how do, how does it kind of go from there? I'm at this point. I've written a book. I wrote my first book in the six months after Aaron died, which sounds so insane, and it was. That was insane, and also I'm so glad I did it because I was reading all these books that were very, very helpful to me. And they were also written from like such a safe distance. Like you can look at uh, a tragedy 10 years later and find like a meaning in it. And you can find like, you know, some beauty in it. For sure. And I was like, where's this perspective? Yeah. You know, yeah. like, where's this? Like, this is a perspective. It's not yeah. a great one. Yeah. But like, that's what it feels like in the moment. Like, yeah. it feels like you, you are just, you cannot even tell what you're looking at. You can't yeah. tell what you feel. And I think that book is a perfect reflection 
of like those first six months of grief where I'm like pulling apart what it meant to lose Aaron and love Aaron and all of these experiences that even brought me to him. And the book is done. I am still very unwell. I have a two-year-old and I'm so sick of myself, John. Like I'm so sick of just of, of like my own sadness and I go back to that inbox and I'm like look at all these other people like look at all these other people and I am listening to podcasts because it's also hard for me to read at this point and I think like why don't I make one <laughs> like I don't have a job <laughs> like I'm an unemployed you know uh, mother of one uh, who you know is also kind of unemployable because like I can't go to sleep at night and mm. I can't like I can get up to get my kid next door to daycare and then I'm back in bed. Like, what can I do? And I had this inbox and I had a title, which was a rejected book title because my publisher thought terrible things for asking was too sad for a book where my husband dies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I think is so fun. I think I still have that email. They're a little negative. Yeah. Can we get uh, a little brighter? Could you punch Just, it up a yeah. little? <laughs> like, yeah, a little more hopeful, please. Yeah. So I think it's a great title. So I took yeah. the title and I knew that I wanted to talk to regular people, uh, these people from my inbox. The first season is from my inbox. And I wanted to zero in on their terrible thing and help them tell their story in their own words without pity yeah. and without like, you know, necessarily a bright side. Not every episode ends with like a life lesson. Yep. Yep. A lot of episodes just sort of end and the person is still kind of in it yep. dig into we, it yeah mm-hmm. and 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 give people a space to be honest about whatever hard thing they're going through in life and it's not always grief and it's not always death that these people are grieving it's you know your your sense of self or your sense of safety or a life that you thought you would have or a life you never got there's just so much in this world and pulling myself out of myself like an out of my own experience was deeply, deeply helpful. And I think that's like, that is why you need anybody's stories. That's why we have needed stories since the beginning of time. So you know, like it's bigger than you and it always has been. Mm -hmm. Did you feel a sense of service? Like, did you feel like you were doing a service or did you feel like, 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 like what does that word mean to you? And like with this podcast, I don't know if I've ever felt like it was a service, but I do feel like it's like something that we're doing that I'm doing together with the listener and with the subject like we are like pulling something apart together or we are finding something together and, and that sort of like period of, of, of yeah. tra- tragedy for you how long ago was that it was eight years in november eight years in november mm-hmm. so like now yeah looking at that how you're like you, you know what's changed in your life and, yeah. and these additions to your life and these mm-hmm. new people in your life and whether you look at you doing a service or not mm-hmm. you know i've listened to your podcast like you you are you are able to at least create a dialogue that's helping uh, a, a lot of people and that's giving people sort of like an avenue to, to, to face it rather than say, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, and yeah. push it away, push it away, push it away. And the one thing I do know is that in any sort of tragedy, in any sort of crisis, you got to go into it if you're going to get out of it. Like, yeah. you got to go through that's that valley. Yep. And the kernel or the spark that, like, ignited in you that said, I'm going to write this book. Mm. Like, I'm going to, like, that it, like, I understand you feel like now yeah. you know that, like, you were lost and you're yeah. only looking this way. But it, it's, again, it's like dive into the pain, explore yeah. it, feel it. I, I heard you say that, like, you love going back into, you know, old pictures and, mm-hmm. and, and diaries and yeah. stuff like that. Really, you know, um, it's, it, you know, I, look, I don't, I don't. Yeah mean to be like touchy feel i i think that's a super brave thing to do and i think that that's like ultimately the only way 
through. And, yeah. and it's like, you got to carry the loss with you and, and, um, you got to celebrate the, 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 the life of the person that 100%, you lost. 100%. And so I imagine that yeah. there's a big part of what you're doing, but I'm just wondering when you made that decision to write this book, yeah. you know, did any part of you say like, I got to dive into this. I can't keep 100% shying. Was it a reaction it. to shying yes, away? Yes. A hundred percent. Like I knew I was always a person who wanted to go around it, wanted to go under it, wanted to go over it. I think that's from not the Lord of the Rings. Maybe it is. Oh, go under it, go over it. Yeah, but no, you have to go through it. So I was always a person who wanted to go around it. It, I'd never really, I hadn't been through anything that hard, but I would definitely avoid it. I was an avoider of anything. And I was also like a naturally melancholy person, you know, like a kid who was like sad already about the fact that her parents would die. Mm, You know, a kid mm, who's like now mm. in the 90s, just an annoying kid. Now an anxious kid, right? Now a kid who maybe needed therapy. But in the 90s, no, 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 no. So fucking sad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. My dad's like, you think I wanted to go to Vietnam? Okay. No, then you're going to go to third grade. Okay. (laughs) It's like, oh, when you put it that way, Steve, you got a good point. (laughs) But (laughs) like, I can tell you like the moment that changed me. Aaron had a seizure. We had been dating for a year, and it was like just such a good year. Truly, a movie montage of a year. Huh. Flannel shirts, driving up to northern Minnesota. Like you know, it, like his dog. I move in with him. Just like everything is like so beautiful. It's so easy. I'd never had anything easy. I'd always been like begging the wrong boy to like mm. pick me. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, well, what do you like? That's mm. me. I'm I'm her. <laughs> That's so funny. I love sports <laughs> oh my god win go team uh, like oh my god music mm. uh just oh and i just meet this guy who just likes me yeah like just likes me yeah is interested in what i do it's like oh you write let me read your writing what yeah. like i dated a boy for nine years who never read a single word wow. that i wrote and wow. i meet this guy and it's perfect and it's wonderful and he has a seizure and i walk into the hospital and he's there and we're both like the fuck (laughs) why are they being so weird can we go home like it's halloween we just were cohabitating we gotta go to play house we gotta go hand out candy and they bring him down to give him uh an mri and like we're literally joking we're like okay so it's you know 4 30 now you know we can maybe like you know the sun will set in an hour and a half so hopefully we'll get back right we can you know hand out halloween candy what he's just had a seizure at work and we go into the basement of the hospital and there's like a line of people waiting. A line of people waiting in like hospital beds or in wheelchairs and it's so quiet and they move him to the front of the line. And he goes into the room and they put him in something that looks like a spaceship and he turns to me and gives me a thumbs up and they shut the door and I like just knew. Mm -hmm. Like I just knew like, so this moment is a before and after like that door closed and I was like I said to myself like you have to keep your eyes open like you have to stay here Mm -hmm. like for this and he didn't leave the hospital and they told him that night that he had a brain tumor and I proposed (laughs) and was like we're gonna get married soon as you get out of here like we're gonna get married and I'd never been so present for anything in my life, anything, since like I met Aaron and the minute that I had a feeling that I could lose him, 
And those were such a hard three years, like two brain surgeries, so much chemo, like so much fear every six weeks, like going to get an MRI, like walking like the emotional plank to see like, is it back? Like having a baby and uh, like I've never been happier either because like we were so, so present and I wanted to stay there. Like without him to like hold me to this earth, I don't know. I didn't know what to do. And so writing that book, making this podcast was like a way to stay. It was like all this, it was that same energy. It was yeah. that same sort of commitment that you made in that moment. Yeah. I'm staying in this. I'm, I'm facing this. And, yeah. And, and, and you're still doing that. You feel like, yeah. You're still, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, to varying degrees of success, sure. right? Like to varying, like. What is success? I mean, yeah. Like, but know, I mean, like you, emotional success. You but know, that's like, what yeah. I mean. But, yeah. like, but like, you know, like how do you even. Yeah. It's. Uh, so I imagine like, like commitment's commitment, right? So like that's yeah. the only barometer, right? Yeah. And it's, uh, I didn't, I'd never seen grief up close. And so I didn't know what it was supposed to be like. And so that first year, like when I'm like trying to write this book and like I would write and it'd be the middle of the night and I would just be like sobbing hysterically. And then I would, you know, wake up, get my kid to daycare. And if I went somewhere that like that day, I would like put on makeup and I would like put on an outfit and Mm -hmm. I wanted to like look as good as possible. So no one could feel bad for me because I was so afraid of how it felt. I knew it would scare someone else. Like I knew it would scare someone else. What, What specifically would scare them? Just that it was like, I mean, horrible. You know what I mean? Like just this horrible, empty feeling. And you're supposed to say like, Oh, like my kid gave me purpose, right? Like, oh, I found like such delight in him. Like I would look at him and think like, I'm so sorry you're stuck with me. Yeah. Like, I'm so sorry. Like your dad's dead and I'm your mom. Yeah. You know, like I'd like pull over the car to like throw up from anxiety, (laughs) you know, like being like, I don't know, I'm going to do this. And like lay in bed thinking like, why am I alive? Like, why am I alive? And I never told people that, you know Mm. what I mean? And like even writing that book, like. There's a whole chapter, John, in that first book about like how I don't need to go to therapy. <laughs> like, what? You know? Like, I was like, what are they going to tell me? I'm sad. Like, I just felt so much like I had to bear all of this alone. Mm-hmm. And I know other people feel that way. Mm-hmm. Like, I know mm-hmm. other people mm-hmm. feel like mm-hmm. the thing that they're going through is like too big and too hard and just like too ugly for anyone else's consumption, even the people who love them. One thing I know you talk about all the time is like there's a lot of people who just literally do not have the financial freedom or means yes. to, to, to grieve to get that yeah. space that they're they're forced to go mm-hmm. kind of right back into their lives. And, 100%. And, uh, yeah. My friend Mo cuts yeah. hair. Her husband died right when my husband died. That's how we became friends. And uh, she was cutting hair the week after her husband died because if you don't cut hair, you don't get paid. Yeah. And there's no, no right. like there's no like net for that. Right. Well, I, I, I mean, look, and a big part of, you know, both our audience and the guests that we have on yeah. are, you know, first responders and folks in the military. It's yeah. like you know, deal, dealing with loss. Mm-hmm. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine who's a smoke jumper and a firefighter. And, and you were just talking about, like, you know, in that community, how much they see, how much they lose. And you just you're just like right back out there. Yes. And it's like, you know, and you talked about like you sort of in this age of. Um, I forget the word you said, but uh, I'm going to butcher it. But you talked a little bit about like sort of like the toxic kind of like self branding, Mm -hmm. you know, that that comes through social media and everybody is like so 
dead set about like throwing out this image of themselves yeah. where they're like doing great and their family's fucking killing it and like you know and like I, I feel that and I see mm-hmm. it and especially like in, in my business so much of that shit is like manicured anyway it's yeah. like what we put out there is like there's like a committee of people that you know and, yeah. and uh but I also feel like there's like this real craving and this real hunger for authenticity. If it's not personal, it's like, what the fuck are we talking about? Yeah. Like your only way to like connect with somebody is to be able to say, hey, I've been there or I've been, I've been somewhere and this is where the fuck yeah. I've been. Uh, a big reason why I'm doing this mm-hmm. is because I'm a parent and yeah. like yeah. I'm so like disgusted with the way people talk to each other and the discourse and the division yeah. and, and that like, you know, you can have friends of all different types and again like like i do believe in the human connection that that that, yeah. that he that, that the adhesive of, of 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 pain and experience and loss and all that so yeah i mean just, look my family's catholic okay like my family i have like i have like family members with whom i agree on literally nothing politically for sure, right? for sure. <laughs> like for sure like literally and and also who i still love for and sure who i still believe in their goodness and they believe in mine absolutely and they believe in mine absolutely because it is real and i think the vast majority of people like when you meet them they want good things for other people that's right like they really do right. there's and a they lot of want, forces that play to make you not they, that, yes and they want is, yes everybody wants like all right i would not say everybody I would say the vast majority of people want other people in the world to feel safe to have enough and to feel like safe and loved like that is that is like i think a human right is like our security and our safety and i also think that the way that we speak to each other on the internet myself included often like i think i am a recovering like internet asshole mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. for sure that's like the culture that i like the internet culture that i came up with was like hot take like fuck someone up and like you know, walk away. It's extremely damaging. I don't think it actually the does anything. How you would want your kids to behave. The opposite. The absolute opposite. I would not want anyone to speak to my child that way. I would not want my child to speak to another person that way. And it's easier to do online than it is in person. Sure. Like I have had plenty of interactions in person with people that I disagree with or who like don't like me or like don't like my, you know, work or whatever, where it's like it can be constructive. It's so much is lost. So much is lost in like blocks of text so much is lost in like just being like separated from each other and i do think it's also a symptom of our just larger disconnection Mm -hmm. and if the only way that you can feel seen and heard and valued is through that like Mm -hmm. is through like you know putting something out online like of course you will do that like of course you will do that if everything else feels futile to you if you feel like you have no other way of like um, enacting some sort of change or like letting off like steam or pain or whatever it is like that feels like a normal human reaction to mm-hmm. me like mm-hmm. I understand that compulsion and I also don't think it's extremely helpful as a person who has done that sure. right like as a person who has absolutely lost her mind online like you know even attacked like a very specific person I've done that and like what did it do like, what did I do? Like, what, what big change did I make in the world? At any point in life, mm-hmm. is there, is there do, do you feel like there's a time where you would tell your kids, hey, look, now you got to suck it up? There's no question mm-hmm. that, we, that, that in a world yeah. where we're all asking us, each other how we're doing, where nobody mm-hmm. really wants to know if you're not doing yeah. well and they're yeah. really not available or um, equipped to yeah. have that conversation if you're not doing well mm-hmm. and they don't have the time for it anyway, mm-hmm. we're asking each other. And, and the prompt is, just tell me you're good and let's move on. Yes. So I check yeah. my box, you check yours, let's roll. Yeah. 
with this thing on social media and with this, everyone has this ability to project this perfect life and mm -hmm. this perfect happiness to each other. Yeah, I, I never surely, let my kids be online. For sure. No. no. Without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. But, 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 I, but, but I get Sorry. it. Oh, you're good. You're good. Yeah, seriously. People love that. Yeah. Her, like they love, they love mouth sounds and Dude. they love when people kick the mic. <laughs> Dude. No, he's chill as fuck. He's yeah. sound. He's cool, man. He, you know what I mean? It's just something that hit me today. Cause I was, I was listening. I, I live far as fuck away mm -hmm. and I was driving and I was listening to one of your, one of your podcasts. I think you were reading chapter seven from your book. Oh yeah. 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 And it was really cool. And, yeah. but, but, but I just, because I think I have these two things. I, I have these two things very much at, at odds mm. within me. Ooh, tell and that me. is like, I'm, um, you know, I'm an enormously, I think, sensitive guy. I think that uh, I've definitely been through a lot of pain. I've made a lot of like, I've, I've been through a lot of shame, made mm. some like really, really bad decisions in my Same. life. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've, I've, I've really fucked up. I've really hurt people. Um, and I've really, uh, I've really felt like loss and rejection and, and, uh, and I'm in touch with it. I think a big part of like what I do is that like I know how to like get in touch with these kinds of things. And I think there's this other side to me that is like very hardened. I value my ability to move all that to the side yeah. and move forward. And mm -hmm. even if that at times is potentially unhealthy, I never feel too far away from the well of feeling that's all behind it. Yeah. And I, I, I really feel for me, they're both valuable. Yeah. And, and I see people who, who um, I see people today, especially that I feel like are wallowing. And I feel people that like never get beyond mm -hmm. sort of the cycle of their own spin. And yeah. these are not in any way, yeah. you know, folks who have been through it. You went through yeah. it, but I, I see folks who the, the sort of like victim complex, it's everyone yeah. else's fault. It's like, well, this is what I'm going through. And so it's like, my kids play, you know, plays quarterback for a football team right now. And like these grown coaches are sitting there like blaming losses on refs. Yeah. I'm like, motherfucker. Oh my God. Like, what bananas? are you doing? Like, what are you doing? My kid barely you know? plays soccer. Yeah. He's five. It's yeah. just a mass of children. Some yeah. of these parents on the other team, I was like, what's wrong with your life? Literally, what is wrong with your life? You're screaming at a 14-year-old referee who's getting paid $15 to like just hurt our children in different directions. Like... Take a fucking chill pill. And and like and like <laughs> by the way, I am one of those parents. Like mm -hmm. if your kid is like at that game, and if your yeah. kid yells at the ref, yes. or if your kid yeah. models the same behavior, yeah. like I'm the dude who's like grabbing my kid by the ear, 100%. being like, "You're fucking out, dude. Yes. Stop yes. that shit. Cut it the fuck yeah. out. You're not a fucking victim." Yeah. Here. So I'm just yeah. wondering. And you're not the center of the world. And you're not the center right. of the world. You're not the center of the world. So I think context is so helpful. For sure. I needed that. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I did need therapy. I yeah. got it after I wrote the book. After it was already published. Yeah. And I only got it. Yeah my friend Tyler was like, I can't be friends with you. I can't be friends with you if you don't go get help. There's well, no way you're okay. There's literally no way. I can't be friends with you because I can't see you can't see in this, this. unhealthy. I can't watch this. I can't watch this. What was he kid. watching? What was he, he was watching me like just lie, like compulsively. I had come out to LA and stayed with him and he was like, yeah, so like what kind of help are you getting? I was like, I wrote a book, dude. I wrote a book. Yeah. I like think I'm doing well. Thank yeah. you. Um, yeah. And he is... A very direct person and he told me like I love you and I don't think I can be in your life if you're not gonna take care of yourself wow. and you have a kid and you really have to, you have to. Yeah. and I did and but first I had to like go to a regular doctor which I also hadn't been to in like six years and they give you like the the little assessment mm -hmm. it's just like a quiz about yourself and I was like always always every day yeah. five out of I five, never sleep ten. I'm yeah. doing everything Never. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, how much yeah. do you drink how much do you got okay <laughs> just like she was like so, okay and you're I was like doing well thank you yeah. and she's like well my quiz told me that yeah. you 
have depression (laughs) and anxiety. And then I went to a therapist and she was like, you have PTSD, bud. You're not supposed to be like having flashbacks of like your husband dying in front of you. You're not supposed to like see a man about your husband's age and then just imagine him like withering into a skeleton. That's not like what your brain should be doing. So Tyler was right. And like, I would have stayed. I I could have stayed like that. Mm. I literally could have stayed like that. Mm. I really could have. And I understand how people get stuck that way. I really do because it is easy to turn into Gollum around the thing that happened to you. Sure. It really is. Sure. It really is. Sure. Like you can tend to it. It can become like this little fire that you use to warm yourself. Sure. And I understand that because on the outside too is this world that's like, okay, well you get three to five business days because your dad just died. And then I was back in a cubicle making PowerPoints, John. Like, literally got back, sat down. There's a coffee with, like, a little ring in it of, like, petrified... A coffee cup with, like, petrified coffee in it. And I was like, okay. Here we go. Yeah. Let's uh, (laughs) let's make a deck. (laughs) Let's uh, sell some yoga classes, guys. And But I also know what you're saying, right? Like, there's... You have to have, like, a sense of responsibility for yourself. And... You know, I had every like privilege in the world, right? Mm-hmm. And still, I like getting access to mental health care when I was paying for my own insurance suddenly. Um, and I had a kid. When was I going to go? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now you can go online. That would have been maybe it, I would have gone sooner if I could have just gone online. But it was like, do I have two hours in my day to do that? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Do I have like, uh, can I afford the copay? Is anybody even taking patients right mm-hmm. now? Mm-hmm. I also kind of had no excuse for not doing it. You know what I mean? Like those were like, those were those were small issues for me to like step over. And there are people who have, like, I always say like we shouldn't compare. But also there are people who have real fucking problems. There are people sure. who like do not have the kind of access that I have. Do not have like the and and so. Like, what is my excuse mm. for not like for mm. not getting healthier, for not mm. at least trying to be a healthier person mm. for, you know, myself, like for my, all my kids? So, I mean, I understand. I understand what you're saying. Everybody knows someone like that. Everybody knows someone like that where you're like, OK, what are you going to do? What though? Are gonna do? Like, yeah. what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah, what yeah. are you going to do? Because this can't be it. This yeah. cannot be it forever. And, and, and as the sort of like tenor of society becomes more and more sort of like let's let's create safe space everywhere mm-hmm. that is a really good thing in a lot of ways, but it can also sort of keep people sort of spiraling and staying in this position rather than sort of saying, hey, look, like you, you, you got to work on it. You got to do something. And I think there's a difference between like when people say like safe space, like there's a difference between a safe space and safety. Mm-hmm. And there are people who don't for have sure. safety. That's right. You know what I mean? That's right. And so like for somebody like me, like, do I need a safe space? Not really. Right. Yeah. Like every yeah. space is pretty safe for me. Yeah. Like safety is like socioeconomic safety is like having true access to like the care that you need making sure that we have like you know i don't know universal you know basic standard of living we're in like one of the wealthiest cities in the world like how many people are sleeping in tents oh yeah like you know a a half a block from here it's wild like so we live in this country where like at certain levels we're like concerned about safe spaces when we really need to be concerned about like safety yeah like safety that's how people flourish people like i don't think that people want to stay stuck i don't think people want to stay in their suffering i think like there are these much much bigger factors at play that kind of determine whoever gets to like be okay and that's not to say that like you know people can't like crawl themselves up from like the abyss like people do it like people have grit people have like immense strength most people i think don't want to like feel fucking shitty forever (laughs) 
No, but I think a big thing yeah. about what you're saying and how you've lived your life and what you've done is that like the grit and the strength yeah. comes from facing it and dealing with it. The grit yeah. and the strength I think is so often confused with, let's pretend it doesn't exist. Let's yeah. just move it to the side. Yeah. And, I, and, and I think that that's something, you know, when I talked about like the things in me, that's something I need to work on. Like the yeah. things that are, you, you, you know, my ability to sort of say, okay, you know, I can get is uh, mm -hmm. it's a very common misconception, and I I look at the the again like the courage and uh, the uh, you know I just really admire the fact that you you dig it. And so so tell me about that. Like, what is a healthy what's a healthy relationship with with grief? Who like, knows? What, like, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm like that's the thing too. Is like I'm only an expert in like what in my in me what right for you. Yeah. in like me and do you I, feel like you have one? Sometimes, uh -huh. sometimes I think it's gotten a lot better. For sure. I think that first year I truly was trying to get through it as fast as possible and be like the world's best widow, like Jackie Kennedy, who, um, you know, like I was like, yeah, so like she you never saw her fall apart. She always looked good. Right. So like we'll get through it. Then I'll marry a billionaire. Um, like did not work. Married a stay at home dad. Also wonderful. Honestly, probably more valuable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably <laughs> In ways. Um, and I don't know, I just wanted to like get through it. And I thought at a year it would like expire and I would have like outrun it, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. I would have just like somehow like gotten through it. And I do feel like it's not just how time passes. My friend, Dr. Anna Roth says, it's not just how, it's not just time passing, it's what you do with the time. That's right. It's what you do with the time. Sure. And so I did EMDR therapy and I did cognitive- What's EMDR therapy? Like what's like, the process? Like tapping uh, and eye movement stuff. Like while well, you literally go through and relive the experience. Oh. And it was so draining and awful and healing and wonderful. And I feel like that was the thing that helped me the most. I wow. do go to th therapy often. And it's not as if like I live every single day like feeling awful that Aaron is dead. It's fucking awful that Aaron's dead. It's horrible. It'll never be like, thank God he died so I could get a podcast, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I do live every day like with that love for him. Like that I do exists, have that. Right? Like, like yeah. he's with you and like yeah. it's, it, I mean, that's what I was saying before. Like it can, I imagine like the healthiest is when it's, yeah. a, a, a can, when he's with you and, and yes. when it can, you can continue yeah. to sort of celebrate him with, 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 uh, I don't know. There's somebody that, 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 you know, not the same. There's obviously there's, there's someone really close to me who died, who like, uh, you know, there's always like certain moments in, 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 in my life where I'm like full on com I'm like, yo, you're, yes. like, I need you right now. You're with yeah. me. And, and pretending it isn't there is not yeah. the answer. It's like digging in. And that's like so much of what you've done and what you're like doing with other people. I had this friend, Mary, I have this friend, Mary, I have this friend, Mary, who said after Aaron died, she sent me an email um, and it just said, I believe we have a sacred responsibility to live fully in the face of our losses. Return, return. It's a bitch, though. Mm -hmm. And I like love that. I love that. I do think we have the sacred responsibility to live fully in the face of our losses. And like living fully is not just like YOLO, let's like go skydiving or something. You know, it's like it's like to live fully is to like live, mm -hmm. is to experience happiness again, to experience sorrow again. If you are lucky in life, you will love deeply and you will risk that loss all over again. Right. And to live fully in the face of losing Aaron like has meant that I remarried and we have this blended family and like three out of four of our kids, John, like already know. They already know grief. You know, 
Like Ralph lost his dad. The older two kids lost their first version of their family. Like they know what it's like to like love something and lose something. And this fourth kid, like, don't worry, like something, right? Like it'll come for him. Life will come for him too, you know? It's like, what do I want like our kids to know? I want them to know that you are allowed to love what you had and love what you have. For sure. Like those things aren't at odds with each other. For sure. And so interesting because we started talking about like kids and raising kids. And so much of it, so much of raising kids is trying to trick them into like the world ain't the world. Like all this bad shit that's out there ain't bad. It's like, oh, don't let them see that. And and for a lot of people, there's there's not really a a, a choice, you know? Yeah. Most people, there's not a choice. Yeah. 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 And like your kids, like, what do you remember about being a kid and like, what scary thing do you remember like learning about or hearing about that your parents had no idea? I remember for me, I was like super fucking scared of Charles Manson, man. See? Yeah. Your parents had no idea you were like a little boy who was like, oh no, <laughs> like, yeah. like in bed, like, Ooh. Yeah, but then I started like, like drawing him and like, no, no, straight up. And, and I, and, and when I was like 10, I made a skateboard. I still have it that says like the, it was like the Charles Manson model and I gave it to my little brother. <laughs> My parents probably thought I was like completely fucking, but I was like a truly fucked up kid. Like my, you know, truly fucked up kid. Worst teenager and like a terrible young man. But, but, uh, yeah. And they were like, no signs. He showed no indication. Yeah. Skateboard no, I I hanging every, behind you. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I knew he's a normal little boy. Love Charles Manson. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. Oh, look, he's got interest. They're probably proud. Like he's reading. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's Manson in his own words. Like, yeah, the fuck. Yeah. Like, what about C-Spot Run, you fucking weirdo? Like, literally nothing. Um, <laughs> I was, like, obsessed with, like, I was obsessed with death. When I found out that there were earthquakes in California, my dad would come here for work. I would literally stay up all night being like, Dad, <laughs> there was an earthquake and he fell in. I'd never, I was like, I just imagined the world opened oh, and he was like, God. bloop, it was just yeah. him. Like, I don't know, like, kids know. Yeah. Like, they know, right? And, like, there. that's why all children's literature, like, Harry Potter, right? Any children's book, right? Like there's a big dark force at play and like who gets through? The kids. That's right. Like they get through in spite of the adults. That's right. Because there is something in children that knows like I have it in me. Yeah. Like I have it in me. I can make it. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I remember you, I I was listening to you talk about like when your grandpa died and like you're the the, the journal, you know, but it's so sweet. (laughs) Like, like. My son's name's Bill. You know? Oh, is it? Yeah, Cute. Yeah, that's a yeah, great yeah. name. Oh, uh, right on. Yeah, yeah. little Bill Burnthal, man. Oh, that's a great name. Yeah, he's yeah. a real one, dude. How does your husband now, like, how, how, what's his relationship to, to, to Aaron and yeah. what's his relationship to... It's really lovely. I bet. Yeah, it really is. I think I had such a narrow view of what love was. And when Aaron died, I truly was like, okay, I did it. I did it. Like, I would have been perfectly fine never falling in love again. Like, I obviously wanted to have sex again. I was like, I'll have, like, people who are in love with me, obviously. <laughs> like, you can fall in love with me. You can come over. You can shovel my driveway. Yeah. We can do it. You can kill a spider. Yeah. End of list. Like, yeah. you'll never meet my child. We'll yeah. never, like, you know, own a car together even. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> like, maybe that kind of situation. I never thought I would love another person. Yeah. Um, at all. And... Matthew just appeared, literally just appeared in a backyard a year after Aaron died and had no idea who I was. And I lived in Minneapolis and it felt like everyone knew, which is not true, but it just like feels that way, right? Like it just felt that way. And he does not use the internet at all. So he literally had no idea who I was. 
and didn't Google me before we hung out for the first time and was just like interested, like interested in my life. And I was so interested in his too. Mm. Like his experience is so different from mine. Like, mm. I don't know, like he was so present, like I, uh, with me and like our second date, like he just came over and I was like reading Mary Oliver poetry and crying. And he wow. just like hung out and then he shoveled my walkway and went home. And yeah. I was like, sorry, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. he's so wonderful. And what I think is really makes me so lucky is that Aaron's family is still my family. Great. And they're Matthew's family too. It's great. And like Matthew's mom and Aaron's mom will like go out to lunch and not invite me. Great. You know? Just like I would love to be invited. Yeah. But like they have their own relationship. Yeah. And like Matthew will like go like we I went on vacation with Matthew, Aaron's mom, Aaron's sister and her husband, and Aaron's aunts this past spring and I don't know you know like that's not something I imagined for my life yeah I mean like I guess you know to me again it's like I'm trying to like come down with this you know what is healthy it's the life part right it's like the life like if are you still living and like this is I don't think you honor a a a person that you lost or like anything that you've lost by sort of closing yourself off and just staying with that experience forever. Does that make sense? It's like, and I think falling in love with Matthew and like having that love, like, like he really loves me. You know what I mean? And like part of loving me is knowing that like, like he loves Aaron. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, he knows like that, you know, November 25th will always be the day Aaron died. And like, he will always like have space for me that day. And he knows that that wedding anniversary is December 3rd. And he also knows that like, I don't know our wedding anniversary because we got married for health insurance, Mm -hmm. but I will always remember the day that we met. And like, that is, I don't know the day that everything changed again. And what a good thing for our children to know that, like whatever happens for them and it's so out of our control, like there will be more. There's more. There yeah, will there's be more. There's always hope. There's always, yeah, Yeah, and sure. it doesn't mean like everything's okay now and there will never be anything else. Like it just means like there's more. There's more of it all. There's more, yeah. yeah for sure. Is there anybody that you've had on or is there any uh, sort of like single uh, or a few that you yeah. could talk about like of, of, of folks that have come on that have really inspired you or changed you or, or, or like just things that yeah. like pop in your mind that oh, people man. that are super remarkable that oh, I wish I could remember all the episode names right now um, but there's like 250 of them um, yeah. yeah there's 250. this 250 yeah there's this uh, I know you guys have so fucking many holy huh. shit who us yes no, we don't have shit we're like seven <laughs> yeah you know? that's how a, many the, podcasts do we have really you have like a lot of YouTube videos though I mean, that's because he's motherfucker. And dude, yeah. they're doing their own Oof. shit. You have Oof. no idea. This no. has got to be, yeah, like, we're fucking, we're fucking yeah. big in Saipan. Yeah. I mean? yeah. <laughs> yeah. We did this one. I wish I could remember the episode title, but we did this one with a woman who has stuttered her whole life, like spent her whole life with other people speaking for her and with other people rushing her to get to a point. Mm. And that one sticks with me. And when we made the episode, we kept in all of her stutters, all of like the ways that she has to pause to like find the word. We kept it all in. Like we made sure that even the listener had to give her that space. Hmm. And I loved making that episode. And I think about that all the time. Hmm. Like when am I rushing in to like 
Yeah. Let's make like yeah. Thinking about her versus thinking about the audience. Yeah. 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 Um, we made this episode called uh, Fairy Dust about uh, an undocumented woman who was unable to get a organ transplant that would have saved her life. Um, and uh, yeah, it's very hard to talk about, but I mean, she's waiting for a transplant that she was physically eligible for and politically ineligible for in a country where she could have had the access except for a document except for a document and she did not speak English and we kept again like her voice in it and her daughters spoke alongside of her and some of it they translated and some of it we didn't right because I would say most of our audience is probably English speaking but like I wanted it to be in her words and I wanted it to be her voice and you can hear, like you can hear what she's going through, which is sure. her knowing like she is racing against a ticking clock and she is going to miss her children's lives. Oh, man. Um, and we did an episode with a woman named Natalie who was um, in a domestic violence situation, uh, stabbed her husband who was assaulting her and was sentenced to prison when she was pregnant and gave birth uh, in prison. And by that, I mean they take you to a hospital and they handcuff you to the bed. And then they take your baby away, like from its mother, when your body needs your baby and your baby needs your body, you know, in the name of corrections. But what are you correcting? You're really like passing on more pain and more harm to a baby, to a baby who like didn't do anything, like who is completely, you know, innocent in this situation. And I think every episode sticks with me somewhere inside. And every episode is like an exercise in empathy and in not necessarily trying to find the perfect person, right? Like we often speak to imperfect people imperfect people who have gone through something difficult and like can you find like empathy and compassion for a person who is not perfect right like we love like a perfect victim right or a perfect you know sufferer and the fact is like none of us are none of us are what uh do you like doing it i love doing it i really love doing it i really love doing it I, uh, like between you and me, like, do I also like, I mean, like a huge part of my personality is like, I'm funny too. You know what I mean? Like, or I like, I think I am. Um, and so it's sort of, uh, when something horrible happens, like there is always like, there's a crack of light. There's like an opportunity. There is also like a natural levity. For sure. You know, my dad's like in his deathbed in the ICU. Mm -hmm. And a nurse comes in with like her little Minnesota accent. She's like, how are we, Mr. McInerney? And he's got like a respirator and he's like, I'm kind of dying here, Kayla. <laughs> and she's just like, Blah! like you can just tell she wants like disappear into a puff of smoke. Yeah. And it was like, my whole family's laughing. So we're like, I'm sorry, that's like how he is. Yeah, like, yeah. But, 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 like, but so that brand of you, like that. That's, that's like the natural. Well, that's also, yeah. that's, that's uh, inclusive. Yes. It's, it's saying like, you're like, I'm willing to invite you into this and let yes. you know hey, it's okay to like have some levity here. Yeah. I'm allowing that space to kind, yeah. of, kind of go down. When we're making the show especially and things, are, things can be so, so heavy, 
I'm not like looking for like a moment to like punch it up and be like, mm, how can we make, you know, this stillbirth funny? Like it's not, but right. there's this episode called Henry Sky. This woman still births her baby Henry. And I just let her tell the story and everybody has the way they tell their story, right? Like I'm John Bernthal, like this, 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 right? Like I'm Nora McInerney, this, this, this. And I didn't interrupt and I let her just talk. And she told this part of the story that she had forgotten because obviously the story of her son's birth is the story of his death. And she told us about how, like, you remember like having a baby, right? And you're like, oh shit, like now, now we got to go to the hospital. It's like zero to a hundred or like, you know, I thought I was having a baby and I went there and it was like, they were like, you literally just peed your pants. <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, we're going to call it a false alarm. <laughs> um, like... Because I'm pretty sure, okay, they're like, no, it literally was just like you pissed your pants and thought you were having a baby. I'm like, okay, we will watch that kitchen floor. But she's like, you know, she doesn't know. She doesn't know that she's about to stillbirth and her, it's their first baby and they're so excited. And her husband's like, you know, trying to find the bag and he's like, you know, he like literally trips over it on the way out the door. And she has like this moment where she can like laugh yeah. about, sure. you know what I mean? Sure. Like the situation, even though she knows how the story ends, going, yeah. you know, and I wasn't like, but is there like a funny part that you could bring up? Like she could just find mm. it. You mm. know what I mean? Mm. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I, uh, I'm never trying to like make something funny, but I am like highly attuned to the way that like the awful and the absurd, like always tend to coexist. Yeah, you know? for sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah I, I, uh, I mean, it's not, not to get all douchey actor, but like that comedy tragedy thing, it's like yeah. this Michael Chekhov thing from, it's like, it's mm -hmm. always like you have, you have to find the, the tragedy in the comedy yeah. and, and, and vice versa. Like what, I mean, our live show is only like funny. I think maybe like two minutes of it was sad. Um, and sometimes I'm like, am I just like going to be like the queen of the sad girls forever? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, when am I, but I don't know. Everything else I write is like comedy, yeah, like yeah, writing yeah. a comedy for FX. So, yeah. um, yeah. So yeah, sometimes I'm like, like even I don't want to get stuck. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be like the book I just wrote is, I would say mostly not sad. It's my uh -huh. least sad book. It's my least sad book. And it's not about my husband dying. It's about all of these other sort of contradictory feelings and emotions. Having to live in the age of the personal brand, yeah, yeah. having to raise children in an era where, you know, we're the vast majority of people, especially parents, um, are just like broadcasting their kids' lives online, sure. like without yeah. their consent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did that. Yeah. And that's weird. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, 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 like that's yeah. weird. Yeah. That's not, that's like a, not a normal thing. Yeah. And it's such a strange, it's like compulsive now. For sure. It's like truly compulsive. And I think like the next big, like mental health crisis after like the true wave of like the past two years of isolation, like rips through our kids. I don't know how your kids are doing. Mine were not thriving. And I think we're just sort of now seeing like the repercussions of like a three-year-old being told like, no, like don't get close to grandma. You're going to kill her if right, you respirate right. on her. You know what I mean? And then be like, no, it's fine. You can go to preschool. Yeah. But put a mask on. You can take it down to eat. Yeah. Put it back up to Perfect. hug. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. like you can't see your teacher's mouth. You can't, yeah. like you can't, you still can't barely talk. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. Um, yeah. I was supposed to be teaching Ralph math. Yeah. 
are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I can't do it. Yeah. He's like, it's having anxiety about long division. I'm like, me too. Yeah. Me too. I barely did this in fourth grade. Yeah. You play chess, dude. Yeah. Like, teach me. You tell me. I don't know. What is this? Like, they're like, it's all word problems. I don't know if you've seen fourth grade math, but it's like, I don't fuck with it, dude. Yeah, you're on your own. Kill me. Yeah. I teach sports, bro. And then my husband's like, let me do it. No one wants to learn math from their dad. No one, no one, no one, no one. I don't care if you're like a gentle math tutor, have someone else do it. That's right. At like at the That's nicest right. husband in the world, like when he approaches, yeah. like with the math workbook yeah, open, they're all like, no, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. stop, like stop forcing it. So, yeah. um, but I think like the next like big mental health crisis, like cultural crisis we're going to have is like this entire generation of children whose lives were defined for them without wow. their consent wow. online, on YouTube, yeah. tons of people making millions of dollars, turning their kids into a Truman show. Yeah. Yeah, like that's yeah. weird. That's weird. weird. The biggest channels on YouTube. Yeah. Like family yeah, it's bloggers. True. It's true. That's demented. It's super weird. Yeah. And then it's like, why even as I, I as a, like a nearly 40 year old woman, why do I know what your child like ate for breakfast? Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. You know, like it's a weird thing that we've just totally normalized and like that I participated in. I just sort of used the internet as like, after Aaron died as like a, a second witness, like, right? Like he's doing this thing, I can't show Aaron, sure. right? So I'll like take a picture and I'll share it so everyone can tell me like yeah. he's yeah. beautiful yeah. and he's yeah. and he's wonderful and yeah. I can get that sort of like feedback from other people. Yeah. And um, that like really wasn't something I should have done. You know what I mean? Like he can Google himself now. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's like, and I quote, you told everyone my dad's dead. I was like, shit, dude, I really did. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people know. A lot yeah. of people know your dad's dead. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. 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 But again, I guess it's like going into that. It's like, you know, I mean, that's yeah. the other thing. It's like, we are going to fuck up. I mean, that's like, yeah, that's, that's the guarantee. Like you, the guarantee is you're going to roll fail. the dice. And then you got to be like, yo, you just got to take accountability mm-hmm. and just, you know, and because they're going to fuck up too. That's the only other. Yes. Short, yes. Short and did anyone ever. Any adult in your life as a child say, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was really rare, you yeah. know, like back in the day. It was really, you know, I, I, I find myself doing it a lot. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not, a, as we discussed, like, I don't know. I, I think I'm, I'm pretty, because I'm, I'm pretty, like, intense, you, you yeah. know, like, you know, but I'm also super, the end of the night, daddy fucked up. This is yeah. why. This is what I felt. This is, you know, I'd say the best thing about me, about it. A, a parent is I, I run the gamut. I'm like yeah. pretty extreme on both sides. Yeah. The worst thing about me as a parent is I'm like, you know, Literally there are times yeah. like I am so sorry. I'm the, you know, yeah. but uh, I try to be honest, you know, mm-hmm. I try to be, be there, be there with them through it. You know, yeah. uh, what, what like drives you crazy? Like what like really fucking pisses you off? I mean, I know you just oh, said man. that thing about the internet, but oh, like, yeah. Okay. I mean the things that piss any normal person off. I got off an airplane yesterday. If you're in the row behind me, mm-hmm. You're getting off the plane after me. Yeah, I'm with you. That's the fuck. Like, so what is did that? Did you That's... not go to kindergarten? It's, so it's me. Just like common decency. Then it's you. Common decency. Yeah. This woman pushed by, scuffed the Air Maxes. Yeah, I was like, I nice will, shoes, dude. I will, I will fully lose it. Yeah. And the man in front of her, like, had a tremor, was just trying to get his suitcase. I was like, yeah. you're going to wait for him, yeah. is what you're going to do. She's did like, are you, you serious? Block? I said, I'm fucking serious. Oh, you said it. You said yes. you're going to wait for him. Oh, nice. I said, I'm so. serious. Like, I will, like, zero to 100 yeah, yeah. on, like, yeah. the strangest. Thing. But I was like, you're just being indecent. You're yeah. being 
rude. Yeah. It's like, what are you, what are you, a brain surgeon? Is there yeah. like an open yeah. brain on the table <laughs> waiting for you? You're in row 28. I doubt it. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, yeah. no, let the man get his suitcase. Yeah. You're delayed four seconds. Yeah. Like, no. And yeah. then like on the jetway, she's like, Ugh. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. good God, good lady. Gracious. She was wearing a camel colored sweater. She had a thick blonde ponytail. Yeah. And this was the San Francisco airport. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And wherever you are, I don't regret it. Yeah. I don't regret it. You were wrong. Yeah. You were wrong. Not any. Yeah. Wrong. Like small injustices. Yeah. Like Aaron gotcha. called me like Nora Petty. He was like, if you had a, uh, like a, a cop show, it'd be called Petty Crimes. <laughs> and he's like, and you'd only investigate like inconsequential. Someone parks like over the line intentionally <laughs> yeah. Yeah, to like yeah, yeah. protect their like, F-350, like just park further away. Like, I don't care that you did it. You can't take two spots near the door. Yeah. Like you just can't, like you can't do it. Just unabashed assholery. Yes. That's like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, God, someone doesn't wave back at a baby. Yeah. Like what the, I'm I'm a big, I live in a small town. The wave in general, like you gotta wave back. You gotta wave back. Like, yeah. We're the only two people on a sidewalk. Like dude. Eyes up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Eyes up. You yeah. will say, I will verbalize a hello to you. Yeah. yeah. Like, you will return it. Yeah, we yeah, live yeah. in a society. That's right. Okay. That's right. Like, yeah. That's right. Yeah, those kinds of things. Those That's kinds right. of things. Yep, 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 um, yep. Uh, I really appreciate you doing this. Oh, I've man, really thank enjoyed you. talking to you. We watched so much Walking Dead when Aaron was oh, sick. Oh, really? So much Walking oh, Dead. Wow. So much Walking Dead. Wow. Yeah. And you know why I think we did it? I think because it was like, oh, there's this thing that's like going to get him. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like, it yeah. like felt very paralleled. Yeah. Like watched it like literally in a hospital bed. Wow. Yeah. Wow. On a laptop. Yeah. Yeah. I've like gone back and watched a little bit of that with, yeah. with my kids. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh. yeah. I don't have that will to live by the way. Like if there was mean? a zombie like, apocalypse, like, I would literally be like, be get zombie. me. Yeah. yeah. Let's go. I'm going to well, go eat yeah. some motherfuckers. I, I'm tribute. Just take me. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Watching that. Like it, I mean, we read the books first, obviously. Oh, did you? Snobs. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The books are good. The books are so good. I was like a flash in the books. Like when I got that job, dude, like, yeah, I literally like, I was like, I was really excited because you know, when you have to read for work, you're like, all right. But I was like, oh, it's a comic book. I literally sat down to take a shit. And like by the time I was done, I was dead, dude. I was like, this shit ain't fucking loud. I was like, whoa. I was like, this is like this big dream job. Looking forward to this uh, half an episode. Yeah, Yeah. right? I'm like, what the fuck? It's like literally 20 pages and it's like comic pages, you know? But, uh, it's yeah, like a quarter of a page. Straight up. Yeah. Straight up. Straight up. But uh, right on. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really appreciate you doing this. And we and appreciate each other. Yeah. Fucking a. Yeah. And I don't. I don't like do. Uh, I've never like. Do we like? How, do, do you want to like plug your podcast or some shit? Like I, I don't really know how to do. Like, oh God, we, I don't know how either. I'm literally the world's worst salesperson. Yeah. I, I, I heard. I you really say am. That. You said like, like literally uh, the worst. It's like you can get this you book do, like, or not. No, like literally, yeah, but maybe you, don't. No, dude, but honestly, you're doing good. So, like just, just please, yeah. just we we just we just do it because I really can't. I yeah, really yeah, we're both bad. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Yeah, thank I really you. That. Thank you. I'm thank giving you, you the Minnesota you. goodbye. All right, fucking okay. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's John, Bam Bam the dog. Uh, first, on behalf of both of us and everybody from the Real Ones team, I just want to sincerely thank you guys for, for, for tuning in. The folks that I bring on the show, they're family to me, and uh, being able to tell their stories and bringing you into their world is something that I'm, I'm just super proud of and, uh, again, grateful that you guys tune in. We've decided we want to take things just a step further. It's a Patreon community. 
And basically what that means is if you become part of this community, look, I already bored Bam Bam. If you want to become a part of this community, you're going to be able to hear episodes early and all that, ad-free and all that good stuff. But there's all this behind-the-scenes footage, all this stuff that we've shot um, that really brings you into the folks that we've had on the show, really brings you into their world. Live chats with me and the folks that I bring on the show to talk about their world, talk about the issues that they're dealing with, about their triumphs and their tragedies. Just go to Patreon slash Real Ones on this website that you see right there, right on the screen, that's right in front of you. This whole idea was um, something about building bridges and, and, and bringing people together and um, bringing folks that often don't get the mic and, and giving the mic to them. So the fact that you guys tune in means the world. Anyways, again, thank you. Uh, be good to each other out there. Rock and roll. I'm going to get a workout in a little bit with my man Eric Linden, stunt coordinator from The Punisher. He's coming all the way up because we're about to get after it. And when that's done, he asked me in the car, are you going to have my shake ready? And I know what that means. Am I going to have my Sun Warrior shake? They've got the active protein, but they also have this collagen protein, which is amazing. They also have uh, the Warrior blend, which is a little bit lighter if you're trying to cut. And uh, I believe in it. I believe in that Sun Warrior stuff. Go to www.sunwarrior.com. Dot com slash real ones.